You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people. 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. which simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God. For all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shemhotep means going peace. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timephoneawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com and I am your host Baba Oshi Hotel family hope everything is well for you today hope you had a great weekend hope you had a chance to do all the things you want to do should do, must do, can do and will do hoping too that the weather was accommodating for you to do it but of course if it wasn't and it had to be done it must be done you got it done because that's the kind of brother and sister that you is but I know it was tough out there on the weather tip man Snowing in Southern California. <laughs> Rain, torrential rains. I mean, I know they had been in a drought situation. 
but then it continues to move. Of course, those everything moves east. So, instead, in fact, that storm is moving in the Midwest now, and we're moving into the Northeast, and, and there's another storm right behind it. <sighs> wow. You're listening to African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. To drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled Another way you can listen and it's more direct, just choose whatever search engine, you know, Google, Firefox, Internet Explorer, whatever. Put in a search, babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. And once again, there'll be programs that are dated and titled. Uh... Where am I at, man? <laughs> Other programming we have here for Time for an Awakening. <laughs> Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all times we give our Eastern times. On Tuesdays, coming soon, Black Reality Think Tank with host Brother Alfonso Watkins in honor of Dr. William Rogers. In fact, we have a meeting today about Dr. Rogers' A memorial and putting the planning together for the Dr. Rogers Memorial. On Fridays, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, it is time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturday from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black. The largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is webuyblack.com. Get everything. And I do mean everything you need from American African-owned businesses from webuyblack.com. This detergent, um, laundry detergent rather, and toothbrushes. I mean, everything. All kind of good stuff. Check it out, webuyblack.com. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tayemba is, uh, we're going to get him on real soon. He has a trip upcoming. Um, a couple of days, it'll be March. But at the end of March, March 30th to April 9th, he's going to Senegal and Gambia. May 24th to June 5th, Ghana. July 20th to July 30th, Rwanda, November 16th to November 27th, Tanzania, December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azenia, March 29th to April 9th, 2024, Liberia, July 11th through the 23rd, 2024, Ghana. November 21st through December 2nd, 2024, Kemet. Those are some of the trips that are being planned. They're quite sure how, 
knowing how he rolls, there may be others. But we'll get him in here and talk to him about how things are going. And I'm so, you know, proud. And also, too, family. Also, too, family. Um, also, too, family. Brother Bomanti is uh, going to be offering. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, so I'm trying to take care of some stuff here. Okay, okay. Oh. Uh, let me do this. So, but his website is, is inclusive, brother. All inclusive. Everything you need. All the paperwork. All the information about shots and visas and so forth. All the things that you need to make a trip of a lifetime. Even if you don't go on one of his tours. The information is there for you. At Africa for the Africans.org. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans.org. Habasha. Habasha Incorporated. Habasha has done the work. Habasha is a pan African organization that cultivates leadership in youth and families through practical experiences in cultural education, sustainable agriculture, entrepreneurship, holistic health, and technology. And of course, they, uh, they opened the Kashi Project. They had an opening back in October of last year. And brothers and sisters, go to the website. You can see the beautiful pictures of what was happening in. in in Ghana with the Kashi Project. Africa. Habasha Incorporated.org. The Ledge Group. Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics, Brother Peter Brown. I tried to give him a call. Somehow the number wasn't working, but I'll try again. I want to get him back on to see what's happening and uh, see what the Ledge Group is up to because believe me, they are doing the serious work. Of course, they deal, they deal in the four areas of human existence that are vital, food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects on six countries with over 170 employed and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters become a member of the Ledge Group. And, of course, as I talked to Peter Brown about that last year, he said it's still offered. If you become a member of the Ledge Group, you can buy land in Tanzania for $250 an acre. Beautiful land in Tanzania. All right. B-B-A-T-U-M-I, A-B-B-A-T-U-M-I, dot com. Brothers and sisters, go to abibiatumi.com. Great programs that they offer, the community university, all kinds of good stuff that uh, language language groups. And uh, yeah, com. They have a uh, conference in, they have a conference in July. That is upcoming. You can be a part of that conference. And uh, that's going to be July. Where is that at? July 7th through the 9th. I'll try make sure I got it right. Let's see. July 7th through the 9th in Ghana. In Ghana. Yeah. They're going to deal with education, military, institutional power. Economic, agricultural, technology, family and community, and nationhood. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great, good conference. And I think that you might be able to access that conference um, 
online on the bbotumi.com. And if that's the case, definitely want to do that. Okay? bbotumi.com. A B I B I T U M I. bbotumi.com. Smy Pharmacy. Smy Pharmacy. Contact Brother Jabril at 770-765-7751. Talk to him about what's happening with your health and so forth. And he can write out a plan for you for this upcoming year, which is just a couple of months in now. Well, the third month's approaching where you can start to live better for not just this year, but for years to come. Smy Pharmacy. If you want to contact them, email. Go to smypharmacy at gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Brother Moses West Foundation dot org to Moses West. I'm trying to make contact with Brother Apollo and see if Moses West is available and him and get some updates on what's happening with the with the Jackson, Mississippi water rescue. Uh see the contributions have gone up to over sixty sixty thousand dollars. And so I'm keep those donations coming in. Vitally important that uh Brother Moses West is able to produce these machines and get them to areas where they're vitally needed. Water is a human right. Water shouldn't be commodified as a human right. Everybody, everything on this planet that lives, it needs water. So go to the Moses West Foundation. The Moses West Foundation family. All right. Dada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar in the West End, located on Ralph David Abernathy, across the street from So Vegetarian Restaurant, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. And of course, the Shrine is still not open uh, for the education piece. They're going to be doing that online on Saturday. They had a good class. Uh, yeah. And uh, that's not happening. But eventually it will. Eventually it will. But at Wadada's, they have delicious fruit drinks and smoothies and all kinds of supplements that you can get. Vegan food on Saturday and Sunday that you can purchase. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located in the West End on, in, on Ralph David Abernathy. The number to call is 404-444-1635. 404-444-1635. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. I appreciate Mama Nia allowing me and my good brother Ode to uh, present the African Senate program at in the downstairs area of uh, the mall. Right, you know, she's right across from where she is, so it's just kind of like it's cool. Makes it very convenient. The Medu bookstore in the Green Barrel Mall. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, T-shirts, figurines, and so much more. Give her a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Medu bookstore in the Green Briar Mall. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore. I need to give Brother Gazemdi a call. He has a program coming up real soon. So I need to give him a call and see what's happening. The Black Dot Cultural Center Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Give him a call at 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. There is light in the Black Dot. Right up the road from 
where Brother Gazem Diajamu and the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar is located. Off the next exit, off of I-20 going east, exit 75, Turner Hill Road, go down, make a right, pass three lights, make another right, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market, the new Black Wall Street Market family. Us lifting us. The Economic Development Cooperative for Our People in the Spirit of Ujamaa, their Thursday night broadcast every Thursday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU forward slash ULU blogtalkradio.com and uh, every Thursday night from 9 to 10. Give, uh, here the, the, the call in number is 929 477 2789. That's 929 477 2789. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people. Not open on Mondays, Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, but open from Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And believe me, Brother BJ got it going on here. They're making Georgia. Uh, he has pretty much everything clothing, furniture, holistic health. Beauty products, oils and incense, CDs, DVDs, uh, uh, books. Even has a vegan restaurant on the premise. Man, he's got it all for you. Give Brother BJ a call at 478-256-1166. 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Sun Got a Scent. Sun Got a Scent, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. Inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Give my good sister, Shelly Amonset, a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Got a Scent, your one-stop natural shop. And Sanjay Dash, Haiti, Sister Gabriella, really the work that she's doing with the young children in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti is so valuable and so necessary. Go and see for yourself. Go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. Akaban Institute, um, I know that Baba Broody has a program upcoming. I don't have that information in front of me. I'll try to track that information down. But brother, you can go to Akaban Institute to make a donation or you can go use PayPal at yahbaruti at yahoo.com or you can use Cash App at dollar sign yah, Y-A-A, the letter M and then Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I because they do great work of helping to raise our young warriors. Also to akabenhouse.com where the literature that uh, you hear me read and about to read right now from the Enya Sassim and all the many books. He's working on a new book too, so yeah, Baba Baruti. And he'll be on in March. Looking forward to it. We have a date, so I'm looking forward to it. The Enya, the Enya Sassim of daily revolutionary thought. February. 26. We need workers, not leaders. We need workers, dedicated, committed workers, not leaders. Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Reafricanization 
is the process whereby we take what we are learning through that submersion and submission into the lessons of our story and begin to apply it to ourselves in an effort to change ourselves from what we have been forced to imitate and exaggerate into our true selves, our ancestors. It is a process fraught with difficulty and hardship because our mental side has an extensive root system and logically connects everything we formerly thought and believed to be absolutely true. The anti-African crusade coming from without and within to keep us de-Africanized assaults us from every angle and is virtually every thought to the point where it is sometimes overwhelming. But once we know we are African and once we recognize that we are not European, nothing Eurasian brings can stop us from being who we are. Re-Africanization is the process whereby we raise into our African selves, we begin the conscious collective process of changing our environment to match our growing awareness of how an African world would and should feel in this time and place. As we think, we become. Re-Africanization is a personal transformation. We actually become our ancestors and with time and the elevation of significant numbers of Africans into consciousness, it becomes a communal transformation. I say, affirm, I'm a re-Africanized worker. Affirm, I'm a re-Africanized worker. February 27th. Whoever is unconcerned with his lineage has lost his mind. Whoever neglects its origin his stupidity has become critical. Whoever is unaware of his ancestry, his incompetence has become immense. A 15th century Timbuktu poem. We have to stop equating the idea of what is modern with that of progress. The changes people produce over time to enhance their knowledge comfort and sense of security and primarily technological in nature is simply different ways of doing what is always and already needed to do to be done. They are not changing what needs to be done, only how what needs to be done is done. Technology is technology. When it comes to technology, the true measure of importance is the spirit of its application. We have to stop equating and creating enormous parallels between the idea of advanced technology and the so-called Western genius, making them necessarily one and the same. And we have to overcome our fixation on modern as if, it's, as if it is anything other than a haughty Eurocentric temporal designation, as if it is anything other than a Eurocentric word. We must we have to stop equating the contemporary world order with a liberating progressive superiority and the past with a stifling and regressive inferiority. Affirm, I am a carrier of African cultural technology. Affirm, I am a carrier of African cultural technology. Brothers and sisters, the Inya. To sim.
of daily revolutionary thought. I say. Well, family, this is the last day of uh, African and American African History Month. I hope uh, you were able to uh, learn some things, some things that you didn't know. Uh, I hope you attended a number of programs and a number of community things that were offered. Hope uh, maybe in your area uh, some African-centered programs were happening, some speakers. You know, <laughs> my friend Teju, he said, yeah, yeah, this is Rena Negro month. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, considering Teju, is, that's got to be real for him because, you know, he has, uh, Brother Teju has been fired from so many jobs. He's very close to getting a doctorate, but I mean, he keeps throwing that truth out there, that African-centered truth in white institutions, European institutions. <laughs> and that's why we're going to talk today about the fact that this being uh, the last day for us here uh, at African Perspectives, of course, tomorrow is the last day, the 28th. And Wednesday will be back on, of course, on Wednesday, the first day of March. But um, this is very, it's been very interesting this uh, African and American African History Month because of the challenges and the attacks on our history. You know, and, uh, but that's nothing new. There's always been attacks and distortions and fabrications and all kinds of stuff on the history of African people and displacements. Probably the most deep, of course, is the African Center program I did last week that Europeans have put their face on it. You know? They put their face on it. And the fact that uh, given the information I was providing, even with the um, Great Pyramid K, which stands for Kemet, 2019. And if you go to the uh, YouTube and put it in the documentary and you check it out. I know it's long, but hey, it's worth it. And um, it explains to you who built the pyramids, us, and how we did it by, you know, I'll, I'll probably do another program on Great Pyramid K again, more information. I talked to, excuse me, I talked. <laughs> I presented last year, you know, when I first found, not this past, not 2022, but 2021. I gave a presentation on Great Pyramid K, two-part presentation, 2019. It's very vital, I think, and it's clear that we need to understand who we are and what we have done and what our possibilities are and what we can still do. Because if we did it before, we can do it again. Our problem is, is that we've been trained to believe we ain't never done nothing. Like we were running around the jungle with a rag up our ass and a bone through our nose, never having created a civilization of any kind, of any worth, of any value. And of course, nothing could be furthest from the truth. When you consider the amount of of, of inventions that we created, I know, uh, I thought, oh, I'll listen to Umar. You know, even though Umar, man, and I, and I love Umar Johnson, 
You know, I really do, brother Umar Infant, Infanteo. I, I do, but man. You know, in fact, he was saying some things uh, in that particular presentation off of, I don't know if I got that off of YouTube. No, it wasn't YouTube. It was something different. But anyway, you know, he was saying about reparations, how we should use reparations. Because as you see, we had a, a discussion about reparations uh, last week, I think, I think it was. And uh, the problem, of course, many uh, people, yes, of course it was last week because we had Brother Jamoke of Encobra talking to him about it. And, and, and what happens is that there, the many individuals and other groups, particularly like ADOS, they want money. They want money. They don't want to change nothing. They just want some money. I'm telling you, it ain't about money. Reparation, reparation means repair. It is about, for us, once again, being able to establish ourselves as African people. You know, returning to our source, returning to who we are. And yes, and, and money would help facilitate that, particularly a lot easier and a lot quicker than, than not. But we do it anyway without money from Europeans because I maintain that we do it and then once we've done it, we take the world to court. We take the Arabs who done what they did prior to the European captivity of us. We take those people and who still, even to even as we speak today, are neutering, cutting off the nuts of our young men and boys so they can go work the eunuchs, so they can go work in Dubai and United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia and stuff like that. <laughs> Gosh. To, to, this, to this day. You thought that was some process of way back. No, it's today. So no, brothers and sisters, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Uh, saw this particular piece in um, there's a uh, website. You know, let me get it. Let me put that up. It's called Mogoldan Nation. The Mogoldan Nation. Dumb. The Mogoldan Nation. And uh, they have a lot of good information. I pulled this one up because um, it's written by a brother. The other ones are written by Rand Miller. And uh, on the 24th of last week, opinion. If DeSantis knew history, he'd know his crusade won't work. And of course, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida is ch challenging African Senate of uh, the uh, advanced placement of African history 
you know, I, I, and, and honestly, I like to say, just on the 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 uh, tip of uh, African homosexuality, I'm not down with that family. I I I don't think that should ever be into something that should be separate because that's a lifestyle that not just brothers and sisters engage in, but Caucasian. Let them fight that battle. You want to fight? Because to me, the battle for us has African people. You know, in fact, I was watching something. They said that uh, if they didn't accept this information, then then they would just like what Barack Obama did in in Africa. So if you don't accept, you know, uh, the challenges of homosexuality within your society, we ain't gonna give you no funding. I think you know my opinion, of course, that um, homosexuality and 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 of course they feel that they don't want to be in the closet they want to be out in the open <laughs> and they are they, and, and so you are that that's your sexual preference then, then, then that's it that's, that's what you do but it doesn't belong in the African centered movement that's not there is no plank in the African centered movement about homosexuality Transgender, um, all the other LGBTQRSTUV, there is no plank. There is no others. The African, if you want to come into the African centered movement and you're homosexual, you, you leave that out there because you're coming into the African centered movement to achieve the objectives of re Africanization. Now, if you don't want to do that, then fine, then you don't participate. There have been many African uh, countries who have rejected and some have been killed. The leadership, just like some leaders have been killed for not accepting the vaccine. This is true. You know, this morning, watching the news you know they had uh, uh, Dwayne Wade and, his, and Gabrielle Union on talking not on the news that's just a clip and but they had a a, uh, a man who is now a woman a sister who is now uh, talking about the homosexuality and so forth had the transition fine and to me, doing it there, that's fine. But not as a part of our struggle. This is not our struggle. That's their struggle individually. But our struggle is a struggle for our humanity, for our family, our personhood, our familyhood. Yeah, that's so. Let me jump out of that family and get into where I really wanted to go and that is Ron DeSantis if he knew his history he wouldn't be in this crusade it won't work if Florida governor knew history 
he realized that his crusade against teaching African and American African history in schools won't work. However, since he is ignorant of it, he'll continue working to fight against the American African and American African African American African humanity. Failure to learn African and American African history has DeSantis unaware of the reality that where there is oppression, there is resistance. Where there is oppression, there is resistance. And where European, Caucasian extremism, racism, and privilege, better known as white supremacy, abounds, African resistance abounds much more. Historian Dr. Herbert Aptiker in his research speaks of eight forms of African resistance specific, specific to the antebellum period. These are number one, purchasing freedom, st strikes, sabotage, suicide and self-mutilation, flight and running away, enlisting in the armed forces, anti-captivity, agitation, in speaking and writing, and revolts or insurrections. If I could add a ninth, I would add learning to read and write. Numerous anti-literacy -liter laws existed throughout the captivity states, specifically South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Virginia, and Alabama, between 1740 and 1834, almost 100 years, prohibiting anyone from teaching captive and free people of color to read or write. An example is the, anti, example is the 1829 Anti-Literacy Act in Georgia. The Anti-Literacy Act in Georgia of 1829. And be it further enacted that if any captive African or free person of color or any Caucasian person shall teach any other captives, African or free person of color, to read or to write either written or printed characters, the said if free person of color or captive shall be punished by fine and whipping or fine and or whipping at the discretion of the court. And if a Caucasian person so offending, he or she or, or they shall be punished with fine, not exceeding $500, and imprisonment in the common jail at the discretion of the court before whom said offender is tried. Why such laws? Because Caucasian settlers and enslavers and enablers alike were concerned with African resistance in the form of insurrection. How is literacy tried to insurrection? Literacy allows for the accumulation of knowledge and with knowledge of the hypocrisy and immorality of captivity comes resistance against it through organizing among captive Africans. Those who can read and write were often at the lead of organizing and planning. Denmark Vesey, Nat Turner, yeah, and so many more. 
Therefore, anti-literacy laws were put in place to prevent insurrection whenever possible. But insurrection didn't cease and enslaved Africans continued to learn the language of their captors because their lives depend on it. According to the source, there are at least 250 insurrections of enslaved Africans in the American history. I beg to differ, there are more. In fact, um, once again, I mentioned Teju, Tejumala Olaboni, my good friend and brother. He says there's over 400 recorded revolts. Recorded, recorded. And this, of course, is 250 they have here. There were many that were not. We resisted, family. But that's why I'm saying we were not slaves. A slave is somebody or something that submits its will to a master. We never submitted. We always resisted. We always fought back. Therefore, oh, no, I already read that, didn't I? <laughs> so while Ron DeSantis is repeating history, enacting laws to prevent insurrection or to maintain order or the status quo, he has failed to learn that these laws cannot and will not prevent African people from liberating themselves through learning their identity, learning their history. His intent, his intention is to deliberately whitewash, if not outright eliminate the teachings of African history throughout Florida. The purpose is to prevent any opportunity for insurrection in the form of protests, boycotts, or simply voting and his ilk out of public office. Yeah, vote his ilk out of public office. There's here's all the other stuff that's that's being done. There's an anti-woke law, his anti-protest, anti-riot law, currently in, in, it's been blocked. His instilling a voter fraud police force. That's right. He's supposed to have a task for to find voter fraud and and incriminate his uh, his limiting. That's right. He's going to limit his limiting ex felons from the right to vote. African people are disproportionately imprisoned in Florida, and are a sizable population of ex felons, and his threat of felony charges for educators sharing improper content. So if if you have the information and it's, and it's stuff that is banned, so <laughs> DeSantis is engaged in a Caucasian resistance to African resistance. In other words, he's engaged in oppressive tactics, but wherever his but wherever there is oppression, there is resistance. Had DeSantis known history, he would know that African people have been resisting since the advent of Caucasian colonialism. And I use the vernacular here intently. Had he had known, he would know that his efforts are ultimately in vain because African people will continue to resist in the face of oppression. That's right, in the face of oppression. I guess we'll have to teach him. Yep. Okay. And that's Mother Rand Miller. 
brother's an educator and writer out of, out of New Jersey. Give us a call at 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Or number you in the queue, hit star twice if you want to say something. Hit star twice. Okay, if you just want to listen, you know that's cool too. Uh, when we come back from the break. Yeah, I got a question. Okay, what's up, Jay? How you doing? Yeah, I, 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 got, a, I got a question. I'd like to know, you know, everybody talks about DeSantis and what DeSantis is doing and all of that. But what the hell y'all going to do about it? What what are black people going to really do about it? How are they going to make it to where as he has to either reverse those decisions or he has to feel some sort of pain? I mean, you know, all, all we do is talk, 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 talk. And talk about the Democratic Party and um, this and that and that and this. But don't do nothing to punish these bastards. I agree. Don't do I nothing. understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I think that what needs to happen is there there should be a coordinated effort to deal with people to like Ron. Well, to challenge what he's talking about. To challenge his, his proposals. <laughs> He has a number of stuff that I just mentioned to you that he has on the books. Anti-woke law, anti-protest or anti-protest and riot law. You can't even demonstrate. You know, that's being blocked. That's being blocked by the that, that, that's being blocked by the uh, Florida uh, uh, legislature. Challenging him means nothing. You know. Challenging him means nothing. All challenging him means is word rhetoric. You gotta well, be able to punish him. Well, you the have thing to is, be able the, the to thing, take something away from him. Hold on, Jay. Hold on, Jay. Until you're able to do that, hold on, it's Jay. only gonna be rhetoric, bro. Hold on, Jay. The only thing that can happen with him is that there's enough voter dissatisfaction with him that he's voted out. Otherwise, you're right. Nah, you wrong. Okay, you, you tell wrong. me. Then you tell me. Then you tell me. What's your idea? Um, first, first of all, as far as I'm concerned, it's something that we never use is our so-called, so-called, listen to the word, our so-called economic leverage and power. There should be one or two co- companies within that state that we should be able to absolutely destroy. And by destroying those two companies or three companies or more, those individuals who are probably his backers will put enough pressure on him to make him make the necessary changes to get rid of that nonsense. But we don't do that. That's a we good point. That's, so, a, that's here, a good point. Finish, with the ex- can I finish, please? No, hold can on. I please finish? Ho- sure you can. So hold on. Hold on. Let me respond, Jay. Hold on, brother. Please. Can I just finish the yeah, point? You will. Just I'm hold your point, the point, Jay. There's more to hold- the- well, Have hold your day, point. Have a good day, brother. All right, peace. Man. Okay, you just can't run on and run on. I mean, respond to that, and I agree. Economic boycotts, they have proven through our history, particularly, particularly when we were all in accordance. What is the problem today? Unfortunately, we are not. We are not. You can have... It, name me one single group that can call into something and that it'll get a broad-based support. 
I don't think it's there. I would love for it to be there because that's one thing for sure that could be done. You know? Because economic boycotts uh, historically, you know, as I'm speaking, I'm thinking, of course, of the Montgomery bus boycott. We supported that wholeheartedly. When the call came out, do not ride the bus, nobody rode the bus. There were a number of carpools that were created. A number. Even uh, some brothers and sisters came from the north down to Montgomery to assist with the carpooling to get brothers and to get sisters particularly and brothers to work so they could continue to work. Even some of the Caucasians who uh, had sisters particularly doing the day work for them came to pick them up and drop them off. Because they, they still wanted the work done. <laughs> you know. So yeah. So I understand that Jay. I understand that. It, it could happen. But the reality is you need to make that deeply effective whereby we the Floridians and us, period, challenge those corporations or those companies that fund Ron DeSantis. He is going to be an interesting, it's going to be interesting what's happening with the GOP. I don't think Ron DeSantis will be the nominee because the GOP has just been too far right. In the country, even though it, it is not real receptive to our situation, but it's receptive enough. And a lot of times the, the hard right is just archaic and, you know, they think of, you know, Bull Connor and shit like that, you know. So we'll see. We'll see. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back from the break. Nine ways. Because this is about resistance. Nine ways, family, that uh, we seriously fought back. Yeah. That we fought back during the civil rights era. Resistance. Because that is something that we must do. We must resist the attempts and attacks on our Africanness. Resistance. Like here, we're talking about in this day and age where education is critical. Education is critical. But the right kind of education. As Malcolm said, education is our passport to the future for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare when? Today. But he wasn't talking about the education that you received in these public schools, even some of these private schools, even some of these choice of charter schools. He was talking about the education that Baba Baruti provides, education that many other African-centered schools provide. Teaching students the knowledge of themselves. So we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take a break. 
when we come back from the break, we'll deal with these nine ways that um, that were that were uh, serious during the civil rights era, but are still serious today, because you know the fact is, family, and that's just a, that's just a fact <laughs> that. Um, Ain't nothing changed. Ain't nothing changed, family. That's right. So, you know what we got to do, right? Well, you know what we got to do. So, anyway, this is African Perspectives. We'll be right back. You stay with us. Okay? Be right back. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
Young Professor Griff, 1989, family. 1989. Yeah. Chuck D. Flavor of Flav. (laughs) Flav. Got to fight the powers that be. And how do we fight them? That's That's the thing. You know. And I know that we got to fight them any and every way necessary, every way possible, from an intellectual level to a physical level, if that's if that's if that's what's necessary. Because the bottom line is that we must return to our African reality. We must reafricanize ourselves. We must become as as the Inya Sassim said, become our ancestors become who we were. Nine ways African people seriously fought back during the civil rights era. This is Chris Bunn on Atlanta Black Star. (laughs) 
The notion that the civil rights movement in the South was strictly a nonviolent movement remains a dormant theme and the misrepresentation of history. In countless Southern communities, American African people picked up arms, organized, intimidated, and met force with force to defend their leaders, communities, and lives. In particular, American African people relied on self armed self-defense in communities where federal government officials failed to protect them from the violence of racists and segregationists who were often supported by local law enforcement. Here are some of the many instances of how we fought back. Yeah, Brother Williams, Negroes with guns. Yes, sir. Charles E. Cobb explains in this book that this nonviolent stuff will get you killed. How guns made the civil rights movement possible. That American African people may have had nonviolent approach to the racist attacks of Caucasians during the civil rights movement, but they were not against defending themselves either. Armed self-defense or armed resistance as a part of the struggle began not in the 1960s with angry militants and radical young American Africans, but in the earliest years of the United States as one of, as one of African people's response to oppression, according to the, to the book. In every decade of the nation's history, brave and determined American African men and women picked up guns to defend themselves and their communities. Had to. Had to. The Deacons of Defense. Uh, there's a movie, Family Deacons of Defense. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, family. At a Bogalusa Junior High School in Louisiana. In the fall of 1966, Royan Burris, an American African barber and civil rights leader, changed his approach with students at the school. No more nonviolence, he ordered, according to the book Deacons for Defense, Armed Resistance and the Civil Rights Movement. I said, anybody that hits you, you hit them back. Anybody that steps on your foot, step back. Anybody that spits on you, you spit right back. The kids did as they were told, and the school was overloaded with Africans fighting whites, alt, fighting Caucasians all day long. The Klan, Washington Parish, White Citizens Council, led by Paul Farmer, came to the school for retribution, but they were met in the streets by Burroughs and a large crowd of American African men carrying guns. The Klansmen observed what they were up against, <laughs> holstered their weapons, and left. From that day forward, Burroughs said, we didn't have too much more problems, too many more problems. That's right.
Neighborhood Watch. Griffin McLaren, a Covington County activist, recalled his civil rights experience for the University of Southern Mississippi Center for Oral History. He said civil rights activists were guarding all of our houses and we formed a little group that was patrolling the community and keeping an eye on our community center. McLaren noted that there were still plenty of fear because they received threats on their lives every day. He added that although individual citizens and racist groups like the Klan blew up a lot of cars on the road going to the center, they did not succeed in bombing it because they kept a 24-hour watch on the building. They came, they came in late at night and tried to get to the center. But we had our guards. We were on guard. We stood our ground. And whenever we heard something that we thought wasn't right, we had our firepower. <laughs> I say. We had our firepower. Um, you know, when I hit these things for the next page, it takes some time family so that's the reason for the delays so let's boycotts and beatdowns well Rosa Parks a seamstress and NCP activist refused to move to the back of the bus in fact understand this and if you don't know she was in the section that is designated she didn't just get on the bus at the front of the bus and sat down and then refused no she was in the section where she's supposed to, supposedly supposed to be. But once uh, the, the, the seats are filled up in the Caucasian side section of the bus, the bus driver can and does and will have you get up and give up your seat to a Caucasian. See? Yeah. And so she wasn't having it. She wasn't giving it up. She refused to move. She was acting in a tradition of struggle. American African passengers in cities such as Atlanta, Birmingham, Charleston, Knoxville, Memphis, New Orleans, Norfolk, Richmond, Galveston, and Houston repeatedly fought segregated transportation. American African passengers shift, shifted or threw out the hatred Jim Crow signs, refused to move to the rear of, a, of the bus and fought physical battles with Caucasian passengers and drivers over seating arrangements. On the trolleys and streetcars, resistance, seemingly personal, was in fact part of the careless, day-to-day, ceaseless, day-to-day political conflict over Jim Crow. District courts and transit companies were forced to frame and reframe Jim Crow laws to contain African resistance and uses the Caucasian passengers. Solidarity, U.S. organization said. Rosa Parks stood up too. In 1949, Reese Taylor, she is now 91. I don't know uh, whether Sister Reese Taylor is still with us or not, but she was walking home from church in Alabama when a gang of six Caucasians accosted her and took her to the wooded area and gang raped her. 
at gunpoint before dumping her on a highway, according to the book, at the dark end of the street. American and African women raped and resistance. A new history of civil rights movement from Rosa Parks to the rise of black power by Daniel McGuire. She told her father and the sheriff what happened, but the men were never charged. Rosa Parks, who has Montgomery's, Rosa Parks, who was Montgomery's best NACP investigator, went to Abbeville, Abbeville to interview the young girl. What Parks learned, that white men made a habit out of raping American African females, initiated with the Chicago initi- initiated with the Chicago Defender called the strongest movement for justice at that point. Five years later, when Gertrude Perkins was raped, the stance f- from the American African community was forced to accuse forced the accusers to leave the town. They they the dude the dudes who were accused they forced them. The stance from the American African community forced the accusers to leave town. American Africans wanted a conviction, but forcing the men to flee was a victory that would spur and to help curb these attacks. Yeah. The Savannah Movement. In Savannah, Georgia, a united and widespread campaign led by W.W. Law, head of the local NACP, forced city leaders to agree to desegregate public and private activities from October 1st, 1963, eight months ahead of the federal civil rights legislation. In his 1964 New Year's Day address, Dr. King described Savannah as the most desegregated city of the South of the Mason-Dixon line. Law, it would, it would turn out, was fired from his job as a postman during the height of the crisis, but was reinstituted, reinstated when the uh, triumphant nature of his, when the trumped up nature of his charges became a national scandal. Newspaper reporters from the time indicated the success in Savannah sparked successful movements in the state, including in Brunswick, Macon, Rome, where American African leaders often used the threat of heightened protests to force anxious city governments to take the lead in avoiding civil unrest. Congress of Racial Equality Corps, James Farmer. In the summer of 64, student activists from the Congress of Racial Equality Corps sent to Gadsden County, Florida, in an effort to convert the old plantation county into a heart in the heart of the Florida panhandle into a bastion of course Southern Civil Rights Crusade, according to SolidarityUS.org. Before the summer ended, the students would be bombed, beaten, and arrested by Caucasian authorities and vigilantes. Despite these obstacles, core activists helped over 3,500 local residents to register to vote and take part in the 64 presidential campaign. (laughs) Yeah, we fought back. Yes, we did. Counties like Terrible, Terrell, and 
and Bad Baker in Southwest Georgia were notorious for racially violent antics of local police. Under the leadership of Charles Sherrard, a young American African preacher from Virginia, the, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, SNCC, targeted Georgia's notorious Southwest Black Belt region in an attempt to overturn the worst vestiges of rural Caucasian supremacy, according to the Georgia Encyclopedia of Civil Rights Movement. Our criterion for success is not how many people were registered to vote, Sherrod explained. We feel that we are in a psychological battle for the minds of the captives. I like that. We feel we're in a psychological battle for the minds of our people. Seeking to build up local leaders, SNCC volunteers lived in the Black Belt, and many made the region their permanent homes. Segregation in public schools ended by the courts in 54. Hmm. The press, the American African press, as the civil rights movement developed, the American African press fought the misrepresentations in Caucasian media outlets and covered breaking events across the country. American African newspapers sent reporters to Caucasian-only lunch counters to write about their experience of being harassed and refused service, according to NewsReal.com. They covered demonstrations, riots, and speeches by leaders such as Dr. King. They gave accurate personal accounts of the struggle that defied what the Caucasian press propagandized. The civil rights movement became a huge national news story and Caucasian-owned newspapers could not ignore it. After decades of invisibility and degradation, news of the struggle of American African men and women appeared in the papers of the mainstream press. Those are the many ways that we challenge. And those are some of the ways that we could still do, just as what Brother Jay said about the economic, challenge them economically. But if you don't do it in a serious, coordinated effort and in a mass, <laughs> I doubt if it has the ability to um, be effective, you know? Thought of it has the ability to be effective because just like other situations that happens with us, you see, family. As I'm looking at what, and I and, and I'm a I'm a staunch advocate for uh, our people in the in the Pan African movement, staunch. But the reality is, <laughs> and you hate to say the thing, but we're fringe. The, the majority of our people are not downward. The majority of our people who live in America, and because they probably have some comfort, and they have, uh, you know, maybe they're in their community in a very good situation. And so they're happy with that. You know, we got a caller. 334-334, good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Brother Oshi. How are you? Hey, Brother Lust, I'm doing well. What about you? How was, how was your weekend, man? Everything cool? Uh, uh, it, it was nice. Nice and uh, quiet and <laughs> caught up with reading. But one of the things I want to ask is, um, do you know of any elders in particular who are still with us who had underwent the kind and type of um, monstrous training um, that uh, Martin Luther King and his entourage had to to beef up um, energies behind what uh, uh, white folks were doing back in those days. I, I just kind of wonder, um, had you ever heard of anything like that um, at all? Uh, I, if I understand it correctly, did Martin Luther King not get his kind of, of nonviolent trailing from Mahatma Gandhi? Well, yeah, he, he patterned it after uh, Mahatma Gandhi uh, because, just to be real, even though uh, India, the vast majority of the people were Indians, but the Caucasians okay. had weapons. And so to okay. attack them, uh, you don't have any weapons, and they got the weapons, would be foolhardy and almost suicidal. And so okay. they Gandhi used... Uh, the nonviolent for social social change situation to appeal morally to the perpetrators of what they were doing, and so Dr. That's King true. felt that we we could do the same thing, you know. And and okay. and but the only person that I know that has uh, there's a number of them too, but but more so personally, and that's the uh, Baba Mukasa. Willie Ricks, who was with SNCC, okay. and he's been on this program a few times, you know. Right. Yeah, Baba Makasa. He 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 was there early on with SNCC, and you know, with with uh, Kwame Ture or Snooky Carmichael or H. Rap Brown when he was with SNCC, you know, all the way uh -huh. up to uh, John Lewis, you know. Okay. And, and and of course they they trained to take, you know. They, they and in fact, if you couldn't do that, then they didn't want you up in the front. They didn't want you in the head of the movement. If you couldn't take the insults and the physical degrading, you know, things that they would the Caucasians might do, particularly when you went to the lunch counters, because they was gonna, you know, as you've seen in film footage, you know, they would right. pour food on you and, you know, so, so. Would would spit on you and yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, uh, yeah, your your milk on you if you had sure. milk or coffee exactly. like that or another exactly. And, and, and well, I just kind of wonder because are some of those elders still with us? And yeah. would would they be willing to share? And I know we I've heard of of Willie Ricks and, yeah. and others who have made it to the forefront, um, but I wonder about other elders who mm. are still alive today who sure there's um, some that won't even remember that right yeah. and right um, yeah would be able to share that that kind and type of uh experience with us because I, I think that we we see it in the movies we see it on the silver screen right we, mm -hmm. we see the documentaries etc but um would there ever be a venue that would allow for those elders to share with us right mm -hmm. um and, and, and sometimes I think of myself, and I guess I probably wouldn't make it very, 
very long or very far because, you know, my anxiety will start hitting at a high rate. You know, you, <laughs> hey, you spit on me and I, right. I just, I got a cold cocky. Right. You know, exactly. Well, I feel the, the same way, brother. I, you know, yeah, uh, I feel the same way. I went, went to uh, open housing marches and uh, we marched across the 16th Street Viaduct in Milwaukee and they were throwing uh, bricks and bottles and so forth has because it was this the defined line in Milwaukee was the viaduct and you got across the bridge that divided north from south we lived on uh-huh. the north side Caucasians live on the south side and they were adamant they didn't want nobody black moving on the south side of Milwaukee you know and so wow. we were we were down with open housing you know, that you, if you wanted to live there and you could afford to live there, you should be able to live there. And so uh-huh. we marched across the 16th Street Viaduct, and uh, we were met when we got across the Viaduct by Caucasians who, you know, wanted to kick our ass. And, uh, well, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and of yeah. course, and of course, we were told and instructed. Because it was part of the NACP Youth Council and so forth that don't bring any weapons, don't bring any bottles, don't bring any sticks. You know, march peacefully across the viaduct, and and we, that's how we were met. And fortunately, I I didn't get hit with anything. You know, and then I didn't march again until the big march, the big open housing march down Wisconsin Avenue, downtown Milwaukee, little uh-huh. thousands, and that was a you know. But I mean, yeah. That's what we're. That, that's well, what happened to us, brother. You know, yeah. Well, that so you know, because this weekend is the Selma to Montgomery uh, march and reenactment, mm-hmm. et cetera. Still right. going over the bridge this weekend and stuff. And yeah. And I, now that you've opened up the door, and I did not know um, that was going on in Milwaukee. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it goes to show you how an event in an entirely different state, an entirely different town, entirely different uh, time can overshadow all others right and so you've given me some homework i yeah. tell you that um, yeah. and that i just did not know that yeah at all. what was funny about that day the anniversary uh back in 2015 um i went uh, me and another brother from milwaukee came down to atlanta stayed with me and we went and drove over to selma you know uh-huh. and uh and we marched down the bridge. I didn't really do march down the bridge with when when Obama did that. I, I I just walked across it back and forth. But as I'm walking down the bridge, because you know the, the where the church is and all the other things uh-huh. are there, and the bridge is it, there is a big hill. See, and so as you march and you can start to go down, you know that's where all the you know all the uh, the police and so forth were waiting for the brothers and sisters. Right. You know, right. and, and they and they did what they did. The horses and so forth, and bum rushed them, and just start. You right. know, and so there's a marker there. There's a couple of markers there, you know. But I'm marching. Some might march. Excuse me. I'm reading, and I see this Caucasian with three young people, one Caucasian and one brother and one sister, coming down, and I notice this is Rance Previs, who was the. Uh, chair of the Republican Party in the state of Wisconsin, who became Donald huh. Trump's. Yeah. Uh, you know. Oh. Yeah. Rance Previs. So, as he's coming down, I say his name, because I was on a radio program with him, and I don't give a damn if he don't remember me. 
because I'm definitely know his ass. So I said, Rance Priebus. Oh, hi. You know, and and so I said, you know, I think this is very disingenuous of you being here after the Supreme Court gutted parts of the Voting Rights Act, Voting Rights Bill. If you remember that, they did prior uh-huh. to prior to the anniversary of the Voting Rights Act. The Supreme Court felt that, OK, we don't no longer need some of these provisions. Yeah. And that's and that's like, and, that, and, and that's before the uh, uh, majority of the of the uh, justices who are now very right wing, you know. And so I yeah. said, this is disingenuous. And I looked at the sister and, and the young man, you know, they're kind of like, I said, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it really blends into the crowd like nothing ever happened. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And, that and, is something. and so uh, we went to the church, you know, where where they congregated at, went to the church and right, uh, right before the march happened and got the instructions. Uh, I can't remember that White's church. I can't remember the name of the church. But anyway, then they left out of there and there were many people outside and they started to march to that main street where the where the where, where the Edmund Pettus Bridge, which they talk about renaming and they should. You know, but right. once again, that's not like symbolism without substance, because even though you might do that, still the, the messed up situation prevails. And and another thing about Selma was very disappointing to me is the lack of progress in the city of Selma, Alabama. The lack oh. of I mean, some of those places seem like they've been vacant and torn down for right. decades. Right. You know, right. 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 So, so it definitely, it definitely looks like that. Yeah, uh, uh, been a while since I've been there, but uh, yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. it definitely is a throwback uh, right. to those days. Right. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Seems like I'm a time yeah. warp, you know. But yeah, but, and it's, and it's also interesting how they had um, deputized uh, young men, uh, uh, one young white males who were, I guess, 18 or older. Um, to be part of that, right? To wear mm-hmm. those that uniform mm. of the state county right. uh, police yeah. to just exactly have, have their weight. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so you well, know, I tell you, you know, the, the battle for us is constant. You know, it's ever yeah. ever you know, and it will always be that. You know, and and if you don't understand that, then you really don't understand America. You don't understand Caucasian people and the mindset that they have, you know, because you you're living in an idealistic situation where you feel that uh, as bad as it happened to us, that somehow we should be treated right, that that these folks should treat us equitably and honestly and justly. That's never happened and it ain't going to happen, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, one other small little piece. Uh, did you get a chance to catch uh, uh uh, Minister Farrakhan yesterday at all? Um, oh no, for Savior's Day on uh, Savior's Day? No, I yeah. no, 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 I did uh, not. Very uh, interesting piece. Uh, was it? But uh, I won't take up too much more time. Yeah. But thank you so much for picking my call. No, and thank as you, always, brother. Part of a program, brother Oshi. All you know right. Thanks, brother Ted. Love, appreciate you, man. <clears throat> really do. Thank Peace you so much. Peace. Yeah. No, I didn't catch the minister. Four four three four four three. Good afternoon. Baba, 
Baba hey, Ocean, this is up? Brother Irvin Lewis here. Hey, Brother How Irv? are you? I'm well. What about you, man? How's it going? Uh, oh, every, everything is good, brother. Okay. I, I was just I was just listening to that brother talk about how uh, how the march and and how things in that city looks the same. You can duplicate everything he said to every major city in America where there are populations of black people. And mm-hmm. I'm in Baltimore. Right. And we have buildings here that are still messed up from the riots when King got killed. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. And 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 the, and and we and and what and what white people do. And I say white people and I don't have a problem with saying it because they know they're white. Or people who identify themselves as white. They stay on code. Like you said they deputize people during that during that uprising. Right. Well, that's that's what they do. They stay on code. They white people understand that they have the power and that they're not giving it up. We, on the other hand, believe that if we love you enough, because we believe what King said, even though King could not even speak in most of those churches down there two years before he died, because they they weren't friends of King. They mm-hmm. turned on King because right. we turned on King. Right. Because we thought that if, if, uh, if we just loved these white people, if we just married their women, one day they're going to wake up and say, y'all all right. And we keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Right. That's the and definition o- of insanity. That, that, that you're absolutely correct. And the, and the reality is, okay, let me say this. The reality is the only reality that they give us because they tell us what's in and what's like when they say, well, what's in this year? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What's in this year? I didn't ask you to give me, tell me what's in. Are we long hair? Are we long eyelashes now? Uh, can we can we wear the, did the shirts the skirts get shorter? Uh, do the men straighten their hair? I'm waiting for you to tell me what I can do on this television. And a brother said this, and I'm gonna stop after this. He said that is is it true that the Asians are so much smarter than black people? Is it true that the Asians are so much smarter than than white people? No, the Asians are no more smarter. At birth, no one is any smarter than anyone else. What happens is. If you live in a house with a library, if you live in a house with an encyclopedia, if you live in a house where the parents read, if you live in a house where you um you have the, the culture of education is in that house, then you're going your children are going to be smart. Exactly. That's how this works. Exactly. But when, when white people attack Oshi, they attack the family. And everything is geared towards attacking the family. First they took the family unit. You don't have to have the man, a woman, and two children. You can have two men and a woman. Yeah. You don't even have to have a man. You can. The family ain't defined by it's. It's whoever helps you. And, and the reality is, the the attack is the the, the fight is for the children. Mm-hmm. Most I, I saw a story where forty they they took forty people out of the schools in the city or in Baltimore. I think twenty, and none of the students could read or write proficiently or at grade level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And these white women are teaching our children not to be able not. You don't have to worry about not teaching them critical race theory because they can't read. They can't even read about their history. Mm -hmm. And and then when they give them the history, they still give them the same chopping down a cherry tree and Lincoln freed me and Mm -hmm. all that foolishness. But yet one month out of the year, we get to talk about who was an astronaut. I could give a damn who was an astronaut. I care what did the astronaut do to change my life. And it's great to sit here and and praise these people who have gone before us 
and deep the boys and Malcolm and you know and King all the stuff they say about King all the good stuff they want to hear not right. the, not the stuff they don't want to hear <laughs> and then but after that what are you doing no one I heard these people talk about Black History Month and no one said Africa other than slavery you know no mm. one said Africa uh, invented anything they didn't have running water they didn't they lived in they didn't they lived in caves I know they were swinging from trees. Uh, the the mm. guy said, you got enough niggas in here to make a Tarzan movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. crazy. So my point is, as long as they keep us disconnected from where we're from and who we yeah, are. They didn't have running water. Yeah. 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 Mm. So as long as we're disconnected from Africa, mm-hmm. we will always be lost. And, right. and until we realize that we are Africans, we may not be in Africa, but Africa's in you. Yeah. And uh, I don't care how you get to where we're going. We all may take a different road, Oshi, but we're all trying to get to the same place. Liberation, self-determination, and sovereignty. That's right. That's where we're trying. That's and the bottom I'll keep line. Preaching that. That's it until that's I die. Line. And that's yeah. where we're trying. That's where we're getting. And we have, uh, and I say it all the time because you, you speak it into that. existence. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have already won. Yeah. I we have our, that's why white people are getting so scared and changing laws and Trump jumped out of the woods, out of the bushes. Trump was always here and, and, and Biden is Trump. He just has on a different suit and says it, that says it differently. He walks slower, but he's a Trump. Come on. And, 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 and Obama carried their water. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand that integration is where you want to be, but, but integration, you lose your identity. You're, you can't be black in integration. Well, you can't well, that's be the thing African. about that's the thing about integration in society. It was never about integration because it, to integrate means that you have something. I have something. We put that together. I respect what you're bringing. You respect what I'm bringing. We put that together and we now move forward. It was never inter- it, was, it was forced assimilation. They didn't want any damn yeah. thing that we had intellectually or nothing that we had. I mean, to them, we were used up. We, uh, uh, our service was over because there ain't no more cotton to pick. There ain't no more, you know, sugar cane. You know, it's, it's over, you know. And so right. now it, it is about your imprisonment of mass incarceration. It was about, uh, you know, you working in the prisons. You built this country. Yeah. <clears throat> but you built this country, though. Who, you you are the ones who who made the country what it is. You want to now take credit for this country. I don't understand how anybody in their same black mind would ever want to take credit for building this country. Because the thing that they never add to that equation, and I'll say this to the end, is the responsibility of being part of the evil of this country. Mm. See, you can't just pick and choose what you wish to take or took in part of. But the reality was you were slave catchers. You were overseers. You were, you, you were Stephens or Stevens or whatever that clown was. You were, you were you talking about black people? Yeah. Yeah, black people. But, yeah. Yeah. Wait, but, but, not, but not, no, not, not that what they were, but why were they that? Why were they that? What? Because yeah, they would... believed they believed and they wanted to be a part of what Master gave them the vision of what so-called humanity was to them. And, their and now we're back. And now we're back to assimilation. We're back to okay. integration. So, Irv, so, you assimilate, you integrate, and in the process. 
a sane person would realize, right, that you really don't get nothing when it's all said and done because whenever they want to remove you from the equation, they remove you. And that's, I mean, and look that's at what, what they did to Bill Cosby. Look at what, no. what, what they do to anybody that they deem that they want to make a move on. I'll give you I a agree. perfect example of how they do it to a white man. I agree. Harvey I agree Harvey. with you. I agree with you, and, and and that's why I I, I I agree with you what you're saying, and that's why I believe that as long as you are African centered, I can hear you. But once you start to, even if you work in my company for four for a hundred years, it's still my company. Just like you come yeah. over here, uh, we built. Wait a minute, uh, we built this country. Yeah, you built it, but it's mine. So why are we in Africa? Why are we? Why are we connecting to our homeland? Oh, this, this is our country. No, it's not yours. It ain't even the people that you was working for. It ain't even it's there. Like, it's like Irv, you you mm-hmm. saying you saying to me or someone that says to me, I'm an American, mm-hmm. and then when you try to say to them, you are African, and you explain to them where your origins come where your seed come where the soul of, of your being come is from africa then you want to say well you don't know that you don't have no proof for that you you know i could have came from Europe. you know what i mean look at me i'm like you know the bottom line is the bottom line is we as a people are in the real sixth stage and the sick, sick, the sickness is that we allow people like DeSantis to do what he's doing to us, and in the process, we do nothing but one thing. Oh, we can vote him out of office. Let's get together and vote. Okay, so now this is the thing that they never get. When you vote the cracker out of office and all the people who are still there that participated in your beating and your punishment and the laws being created are still there. Let me ask you something. Are you going to change the laws? Are the laws going to change? Is the damage going to be overturned? I mean, come on, man. We need to, and I'm going to say it till I die at this point in time, we need to figure out and start punishing white folks where it hurts them. And the only thing that the cracker cares about is his economic leverage. And, and, and that's even the poor white trash who too stupid to realize that they being manipulated, bamboozled, hoodwinked, just like crazy Negro. See, and Jay, well, that's and all Jay, until we get to that point, hold on, hold on. I, I don't care no more. Hey, Jay, and that's why they love this system. That's why they love capitalism. Because the, idea, the idea of you as an individual can amass tremendous amounts of wealth. You can get either lucky you win the lottery, have an accident and get a huge settlement or a big windfall from a death of a family, whatever it is. But you, that's why they don't want to deal with the issue of redistribution of wealth. They're four square against hey, okay, it. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something about somebody that I would say myself, I'm pretty, I'm not, 
I'm wealthy. All right. I'm, I ain't go BS about it. I got, I got money. I can honestly tell you this. My money don't mean sugar, honey, iced tea. The only thing my money affords me is the luxury to buy whatever I want. That's all. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't stop some cracker looking at me like crazy who I know I could buy and sell and toy with if I really want to. It doesn't allow me to not be able to be mistreated by the cracker. It doesn't allow me to not be seen as a nigger. So the reality is the only luxury it does is afford me to eat a $50 steak instead of a $15 steak. Mm. To stay in a $200 a night hotel instead of a $75 hotel. And when it's all dead and gone, the worthless family members are going to get it. And that's it. That's all. So I'd rather be in a situation where I could stay in call. Did you say the worthless family family members? What are we? What are we talking about? That I, I'm so I'm supposed to tell you that the Negroes' behavior at times is not worthless. That they act a certain way because they know Baba got money and and Baba go look out for him because that's supposedly his obligation. Come on, man. The only thing that saved me from it is mine got intelligence. Because yeah. I done told them how to have intelligence. But on the norm, I got friends of mine who are wealthy, who kids are worthless. They'll yeah. tell you in a minute they work with. But do you think they'll do the necessary things to punish them? No, they won't. So what they do is they set up a trust. And then when they dead and gone, they go get the money tax-free and go, go on. That's reality, bro. Yeah. To a lot of people that don't even want to admit, admit to it. But the point I'm trying to make is this. The luxury in my life at this point is to be able to speak the truth, to tell it like it is, and not have to kiss no white man's ass. To tell it, no, let me say this, let me say this to you, yeah. Jay. Go ahead. It's not Go ahead, tell Herb. it like it is. It's tell it like you see it. Because let's be clear. One man's treasure is another man's junk. That's true. You have to, you got to, you, you, and I always say this, and people get a little upset with me with it. I say, you have to do what works for you. Because at the end of the day, my legacy is going to be what I've done for not my, not my, myself, but for my people. Because I talk about uh, uh, W.E. Du Bois and John Henry Clark, and I talk, uh, Amos uh, 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 Wilson, all these people. Don't talk about, I don't know what they did personally, but I do know what they left behind for their people. They left information. And that's, and, and Jay, that's what the life is about. It's about what you leave for, what did you do for somebody other than yourself? Because I take care of me. I'm all right. I didn't sit here and tell you I got money. I'm that's good. 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 I eat every day. But my, what I know you do, but my thing is, it's what you do for the people who are willing to listen because we got to stop. We got to get out of I and get into we because white folks going to stay on code. I would die for my, my brother's hurting. I'm hurting. And I know he may not be as smart as me. He may not even have the, read the books that I've read, but I'm reading a book now called they came before Columbus. This book is opening my eyes up. So wide. And I'm dead. I'm 65 years old. 
I should have read this when I was 19. Ivan Von so Sertiman. we got to teach now. Come on now. Mm-hmm. We got to teach our children. We got to get on What'd you say, Jay? And, and we That's can do that. Do. We can do that a bunch of ways. Economically, we can do it physically, yeah. we can do it mentally. But if you run around here with these snow with these snow bunnies and you're running around here uh, talking about, I'm gonna get an Oscar and I'm gonna get they're gonna love me and white folks love me so much, they just well me, how about us? Oh, we don't like all them. We just like that one black. Cause he know how to act. The rest of y'all niggas. Huh? So it's about us. It's not about we. And we got to leave that legacy. And those who don't want to get on, get left. Damn it, I'm going to have hey, you. Let, let me leave you with this. <laughs> let me leave you with this, O, and, and Irv right quick. You know your boy, Perm Daddy, half-brother, <laughs> just done got, just pleaded guilty to drugs, tax evasion, and all of that. You know that, right? No. Al Sharpton got. Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. I think his name is Reverend Reverend Glasgow. Um, matter of fact, he fills in for Sharpton on his radio show. NAACP man and all of this. He trying to buy and sell cocaine. What? Damn. So there was somebody well, that Al Sharpton. Yeah is associated with and would be on his radio program? Al Sharpton's half-brother who has filled in on him on his radio show. Wow. At one time was the head of one of his chapters, I think even in South Carolina or Atlanta or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, just pleaded guilty. Well, Pleaded hey. guilty. Tax I mean, evasion and trying to sell drugs. But here it is, we... As the people are going to follow behind clowns like him. And I just would like to know, what is his plan in dealing with DeSanto? Because, see, I want to crush DeSanto. But in order to crush DeSanto, you got to punish the people in Florida. And and I know I'm going to get in trouble for this. And this is what they always use as the excuse to not boycott, not do the necessary economic damage on these white folks is, oh, it's going to hurt black people. (laughs) Oh, if we boycott, (laughs) it's going to cost black people their job. (laughs) White people are going to fire them because they're the first, they're the first hired, the the, the last hired, the first fired, and all of that. Be a sower. You're being disrespected. You're being mistreated. You're being bamboozled. You're being treated like a dog. So now hereby, when they fire you, maybe that'll give you an incentive to collectively come together with your brothers and sisters and create something so you could survive. But see, we don't think like that. No, we want to go out there, and this is what always gets me, and I stop doing it. We want to go out there and march, then go into the white store and buy water and goodies, and then go home with our feet hurting and nothing accomplished other than some donations. It's just like your boy Farrakhan yesterday and his Savior's Day speech. I want to know today, I want to know why today, Farrakhan still talk about Jews. 
Why do he still got to bring up Jews in any situation, in any equation at this time? What's the purpose of it? What does it achieve for black people talking about Jews? Well, let me say this. I don't know about that, though, Jay, but let me say this. What what I'm interested in, in terms of the Nation of Islam, when Elijah Muhammad was running the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Islam had businesses. I remember there was a a restaurant around the corner from my home in Milwaukee. And, you know, of course, uh, Mosque Number 3, you know, they named... They name they number the mosque in terms of its uh, numerical sequence when they open. You know, mosque number one is in Detroit, mosque number two is in Chicago, mosque number three, and so forth and so on. Mosque fifteen here in Atlanta. But the point is, they have businesses. They don't have businesses. There's nothing. Right. I mean, even even nice the salon people. restaurant in Chicago closed. You know, I see that go nation, down. Though. I'm sorry, what? But they're nation though. But they're a nation. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But, and see, that was for Irv. I know. Irv get it. I don't think you do. Okay. No, I got it. No, I got it. I got it. But my point being is that, you know, if they are a nation, then they should operate as a nation and have businesses within this nation. They should have restaurants. They should have, I mean, only thing that the really, a few uh, members of the nation that have bean pies, a brother in Atlanta here in Atlanta, he he makes his own bean pie. They ain't as good as uh, the Supreme <laughs> Bean Pie <of> Chicago. <laughs> Just to Claire Muhammad's was. Yeah, you know, and of course, and the and Final they Call all, newspaper. And they all basically work for the white man. And a, and a, exactly, and the Final Call newspaper. But you see, ministers within the Nation of Islam, they got jobs with. Within the city, jobs with other corporations, oh, yeah. they don't have jobs within right. themselves, and and that's perplexing to me because if the nation of if, if Islam was doing that, then you would think they even more so. Because I I saw a, a, you know I still read the Final Call, of course, I always will, you know, and I saw where brothers were graduating, a, a large number, like about looked like yeah. about fifty, sixty brothers were graduating. That, that joined, like that joined. Even sororities, yeah. high, high academic achievers, yeah. high, well, let me, highly, let me, the percentage of, of the older membership of college grads. Oh, no question, bro. Yeah. No. Let me, let me. Abel Muhammad was probably one of the best lawyers. Yeah. Because she was out of, what, 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 she, was she practicing law in New York? Or um, is it D.C.? I don't think so, but okay. she was, she was, she was, from my understanding, she was Farrakhan's head attorney. I mean, oh, sure. she basically oversees all of his legal legal work, and mm-hmm. there was other uh, attorneys within the nation mm-hmm. under her. Yeah. But everything legally went through her first, from from what I understand, and but, then she delegated it out to um, the other members. Uh, like you to said, me. when I was growing up, they had the the fish. Yeah. They had the steak and take. They had the, I think, cleaners. They had a couple of other businesses. And now, you know, the only thing I think that they have some sort of presence in is maybe some farming. That's that's what I that's that's what I I I I've heard. But I really don't know. But the majority of them work for the white man. Yeah. Well, anyway, you let, know? Me, let me I let mean, me let me let me because I I, I got to go, Jay. 
appreciate you, man. I mean, let me just say hello appreciate to Brother you. Paul. All right, brother. Brother Paul, how you doing, my friend? Uh, go, go, go to that morning, um, afternoon, Baba Ochi. How's things? You're going uh, well. Let me make it. Let me make it quick. Yeah? Sure, please. Uh, you know, I, I, I loved what Baba Irva had to say. You know, it's a very powerful. It, you know, uh, the legacy must be what what we leave for 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 others, yes. what we leave behind for others, and how yes. we've contributed to others. You know, that that might, that that is profound and that is powerful and that is the truth. That is the absolute truth. And if and and that and you know, and if nobody calls our name, make sure you know you've died twice. So you know, mm-hmm. we, we we have to, you know, we have to leave a legacy mm-hmm. that others know who we right. are when we right passed on. out of it. You're right. Absolutely. All right, dear brother. Appreciate you, man. All right. Take Take care. All right. All right, family. We end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people, Buys all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they surely all don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Join us on Wednesday. Please join us on Wednesday and Friday. <laughs> Shim Hotel. That means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. BB for Hortier. A BB for Hortier means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. You have a blessed and wonderful day, family. And I hope to see you on Wednesday. Peace.